Hello my dear listeners. Welcome to the very first episode of uh, Scalpels and Sutures. I'm uh, Dr. Ramin Suresh and as you all know I'm a consultant periodontist and oral implantologist. I was thinking of topics to take uh, for the first episode and uh, I realized why not uh, educate amongst ourselves the importance of my speciality periodontics therefore we shall today see what periodontics is and uh, how the periodontium develops embryonically periodontium refers to a group of specialized tissue that surround and support the teeth and maintain them in the maxillary and mandibular bones quite simply they are the support system on which uh, your tooth and bone are interconnected with each other let's imagine um, a ship that's anchored into the water now the ship is held to the port with the help of various ropes the ship being the tooth and the port being the bone and the amount of ropes and anchors that hold the ship together in the oral cavity is called the periodontium so now that we have that picture in our head let's look at how the periodontium functions what are the important functions of the periodontium the periodontium helps basically with attachment they attach the teeth to the bony housing and also with respect to each other now when they form this tough network of interwoven fibers they will help in resisting and resolving the forces that are natural to our body for example mastication speech or deglutition produces forces and the periodontium help in maintaining the oral structures and resist and adapt to these natural forces now what if there are abnormal forces like if there are changes in the external environment or wear and tear associated with aging the periodontium will continuously remodel and regenerate and help in adaptation they will adapt to any external or internal forces that may be generated by your face and finally the periodontium is very important as a defense mechanism against noxious stimuli therefore my speciality periodontics can be defined by the glossary of periodontal terms in 2001 as the speciality which encompasses the prevention diagnosis and treatment of supporting and surrounding tissues of teeth or their substitutes therefore what must we take away from this we must take away that the periodontium not only is important in the case of healthy teeth or healthy bone but also in prosthetic treatment and rehabilitation as well the periodontium and the effects on the periodontium are very important whenever you give a removable partial denture or apply a crown or a bridge or more importantly in implant therapy if the rules are not followed aesthetically it may look good but functionally when the tooth that is being replaced gets damaged there will also be underlying damage that is caused to the periodontium and in relation to it the underlying bone therefore a huge crescendo of ill effects can be produced if the periodontium and its health is not taken into consideration
Now that we are done with that brief intro regarding periodontics and understanding what periodontium means, let us have a brief uh, introduction to how orofacial structures develop. When the completion of the fertilization of the egg occurs, a continuous cascade of developmental processes occur. They include cell migration, growth and differentiation, and apoptosis. and these result in the development of various craniofacial structures during the third week of development the cranial end of the embryo undergoes precocious development where an oropharyngeal membrane is formed at the site of the future face this membrane is also called the buccopharyngeal membrane or the oral membrane and it is found between the primordium of the heart and the rapidly enlarging primordium of the brain it is composed of the ectoderm externally and the endoderm internally during the fourth week of development this membrane breaks down in order to form the opening between the future oral cavity and the foregut this future oral cavity is also called the primitive mouth or the stomodium during this time which is at the fourth week the human embryo resembles somewhat like a fish embryo the human face begins to form at the fourth week of embryonic development and by the sixth week the external face is completed the formation of the external face takes place from two sources the tissues of the frontonasal process that cover the forebrain these are predominantly neural crests in origin as well as the tissues of the first pharyngeal arch which is the mandibular arch supplied by the mandibular nerve and is a mix of the mesoderm and neural crest origin cells the frontonasals give rise to a pair of median nasal processes and lateral nasal processes both in the form of a pair the median nasal processes contribute to a single globular intermaxillary process the mandibular processes give rise to a pair of mandibular processes which is actually the pharyngeal arch itself and a pair of outgrowths on this particular arch which are called the maxillary processes and they give to they give rise to a pair of palatal processes so therefore what did we understand from this whole thing when the third week happens you get the formation of the buccopharyngeal membrane during the fourth week this membrane breaks down to form the primitive oral cavity which is called the stomodium this is found in between the primordium of the heart and the rapidly enlarging primordium of the brain the human face starts development at the fourth week and ends at the sixth week the formation of the external face takes place from two processes the frontonasal process which is neural crest in origin and the mandibular arch which is mixed mixed mesodermal and neural crest in origin the frontonasal process gives rise to median lat- nasal process a pair of tissues and lateral nasal process which is a pair of tissues the medial nasal gives rise to the intermaxillary process the mandibular process gives rise 
to a mandibular process and the ends give rise to two maxillary processes and these later give rise to the palatal process. Now that we have understood how the face is formed, a quick recap of this is, I think, quite necessary. During the third week, we know that the buccopharyngeal membrane was formed. During the fourth week, we saw the formation of the primitive oral cavity, also known as the stomodium, and the external face stopped developing at the end of six weeks. Now, in between this small gap of four to six weeks, during the fifth week of development, a horseshoe-shaped band of thickened epithelium called the dental lamina forms on the developing maxillary and the mandibular bones. These are primordial dental arches. Neural crest cells, which are derived from the neural tube, play a very important role in the development of the teeth. These neural crest cells are ectodermal in origin and migrate into the mesenchymal tissue. Therefore, these cells are also called ectomesenchymal cells. The dental lamina is comprised of cells that proliferate at a faster rate as compared to their adjacent epithelial cells. Now, on certain areas of this dental lamina, future buds occur. These buds will later grow on into the deciduous teeth. Therefore, on the dental lamina, 10 buds will start developing and proliferating. They initiate by the formation of a small protuberance and these protuberances later give rise to your deciduous teeth. Now the development of teeth takes place in three distinct phases based on the characteristics of the developing teeth. These stages are the bud stage, the bell stage and the cap stage. In the bud stage, the primordia of the enamel organ, two basic types of epithelium can be found. One type which covers the inside of the bud, known as the inner enamel epithelium, and the other covers the outside of the bud, known as the outer enamel epithelium. At this particular stage, concurrently, there will be a increased proliferation of mesenchymal cells facing the inner side of the epithelium and this will lead to the formation of the dental papilla. During this stage, the tooth bud will grow around the ectomesenchymal aggregation taking on the shape of a cap. At this point, we will have transitioned from the bud stage to a cap stage. A condensation of ectomesenchymal cells surrounds the enamel organ and limits the dental papilla. At this point of time, it is referred to as the dental sac or follicle. Eventually, in due course of time, the enamel will start, enamel organ will start producing enamel, the dental papilla will produce dentine and pulp, and the dental sac will support all the other remaining structures of the tooth, which is the periodontium. Therefore, as a periodontist, 
we are more interested in the dental sac because they will produce what will eventually become the periodontium to recap we have initially at the 5th week formation of the dental lamina which is formed by the neurocrestals which are ectodermal origin migrating into the mesenchymal tissue and therefore they are called of ectomesenchymal origin the dental lamina will uh, have 10 protuberances corresponding to the deciduous teeth erupting on it at this stage they are called the bud stage in the bud stage you have the inner enamel epithelium and the outer enamel epithelium at this point of time there will be a marked proliferation of mesenchymal cells facing the inner enamel epithelium and this will lead to the formation of the dental papilla a condensation of the ectomesenchymal cells will surround this enamel organ and will limit the dental papilla and at this point of time it will take the appearance of a cap therefore this stage will be called cap stage when the limitation is complete the whole appearance will appear as a dental sac therefore three distinct layers are formed the enamel organ which will lead to the formation of the enamel the dental papilla which will produce dentin and pulp and the dental sac which will produce the periodontium after the this stage that is the cap stage the bell stage will be formed two principal hard tissues will be formed over here the enamel and the dentin the enamel is formed by ameloblasts and the dentin will be formed by the odontoblasts the dental follicle will give rise to the cementoblasts osteoblasts and fibroblasts osteoblasts leading to the production of bone and fibroblasts leading to the production of gingival fibers and the periodontal fibers in the latter stages of bell stage which is also known as the advanced bell stage a cervical loop up, up, appears and forms the hertwig's epithelial root sheath which will determine the root shape the cementoblasts will be derived from the dental follicle and these will deposit cementum on the root surface at this point of time and fibroblasts will give rise to the periodontal ligament as the root formation continues the osteoblasts will deposit bone around the root of the tooth this is when a mature tooth will be formed so now we have understood that during the development of the tooth enamel and dentin have been formed more importantly we learned about three structures the cementoblasts the fibroblasts and the osteoblasts the cementoblasts form the cement the fibroblasts form the gingival fibers and the periodontal fibers and finally the alveolar bone will be formed by the osteoblasts therefore the takeaway message from this is that periodontal ligament is a part of the periodontium the periodontium consists of the gingiva the periodontal ligament and the alveolar bone and this is why during clinical application we must understand that if we do not provide the prosthesis in the right order the destruction that can follow 
will be of the entire periodontium where you will see loss of gingiva, the underlying periodontal ligament as well as the underlying periodontal bone, the alveolar bone. Thank you for your time. I hope you've understood this small explanation of the development of the face as well as the periodontium. We will be looking into the gingiva and its constituents in the next podcast. Until then, cheers. I will see you guys in the next one. Have a great day ahead. Bye.